Welcome to the Federation CJA 360 podcast, the pulse of Montreal's Jewish community. Welcome to this inaugural episode for February 2023. I'm Glenn J. Nashen. Today, we'll be talking about, well, this new podcast with our featured guest, the host, Federation CJA President and CEO, Yair Slack. The Federation CJA 360 podcast is being dubbed as the Pulse of Montreal's Jewish Community. This show will drop monthly and will deal with subjects such as anti-Semitism and advocacy, Holocaust education, Jewish day schools, Hillel, summer camps, aging, poverty, and Israel's 75 years of independence, and so much more. We'll bring you featured guests who will be in conversation with Yair, and special appearances whom I'll chat with too. What else will we deliver? All year long, we're celebrating Israel's 75 years of independence. In every episode, we'll bring you an Israel moment. This month, we'll feature our Federation CJA special envoy, Adi Varon. We'll have a regular segment we call Mini-Fed. This is our chance to invite one of our professional or lay leaders in who will give a glimpse into an interesting program, event, or initiative stemming from Federation CJA. This month, we'll hear from Dana Rabin on Jewish Disability and Inclusion Month, which takes place every February. And also, we'll hear from two Federation CJA representatives in a live recording from Barcelona, Spain. They're volunteering their time assisting with Ukrainian Jewish refugees. And finally, we'll share a letter we received from a class of grade 7 Ontario students learning about the Holocaust and the importance of remembrance and advocacy. And now, here's your host, the President and CEO of Federation CJA, Yair Zlak. Thank you, Glenn. And I guess this is a warm, warm welcome to all of our listeners in this first episode of our Federation CJA 360 podcast. Each month... The idea is to bring you a conversation about our Jewish community or matters that are affecting our Jewish world, things that would be of interest to you that impact us at Federation CJA every day and your Jewish life here in Montreal and globally. And since this is our first pilot episode, I thought maybe I'd let you know a little bit about myself, how I uh, came to Montreal, how I uh, today became the CEO, president and CEO of Federation, and the journey that I took in this most incredible Jewish community. And I'll start off by saying that growing up, I spent the first 13 years of my life uh, living in Israel. I grew up in Jerusalem in the neighborhood of Givat Salfatit, or French Hill, as those of you who know it. And at the age of uh, 13, right before, actually right before my bar mitzvah, my mom had decided uh, that my brother and I, with my mom, would be leaving uh, to live in North America. My father, uh, who's still alive, um, lives today still in, in, in Jerusalem, just outside of Jerusalem. And um, we decided to make a move uh, to North America. I spent most of my life um, in, in a very secular uh, Jewish environment while we observed holidays, um, my my Jewish identity stemmed really from being an Israeli, and uh, up until the age of 26, I, I really didn't uh, find a way to express my Jewish identity or my interest in Israel. Uh, more or less, I had visited Israel a couple times uh, during uh, during the years, and I was uh, practicing uh, a practicing lawyer on Bay Street at a firm called Fogler Rubinoff. Um, 
And then this incredible opportunity came about. My friend, who is still one of my close friends today in Toronto, called me and said, uh, have you gone on this Birthright Israel program? And I said, uh, no, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, why would I go on Birthright Israel? I've been to Israel and, you know, I'm trying to build a practice as a lawyer. And he said, you're missing out. It's an incredible opportunity. And for some reason, I decided to apply to go on the Birthright Israel program in 2002. Now, 2002, take a couple of minutes to reflect back, is the time of the Second Intifada, a very tough time in Israel's history. As you remember, there were, uh, unfortunately, suicide bombs going off almost on a daily basis, if not weekly. And here I was with an opportunity to leave for Israel on a Birthright Israel program. I recall February 14th, 2002 was the day that we departed. And it was a journey that really helped shape my life. Um, and is the reason which I really credit to for being here today, uh, A, living in Montreal, B, not practicing law, and C, uh, finding myself um, in the most humble and most privileged position of uh, being a Jewish community leader. Birthright was uh, that uh, real life-changing experience for me. I came to realize that as Jews, we have responsibilities in uh, taking care of one another, taking care of uh, the community, taking care of Israel. And it was really during a Mifgash program um, where we met uh, 18-year-old Israeli soldiers um, that I really, it really crystallized when one of the kids, kids, I call them kids, one of the soldiers who was 18, his name was Avi, he stood at the top of the Golan Heights telling us a story and then he said a very profound sentence, which still today is probably the reason I tick the way I do, he said, and thank you for support, coming to support us in our time of need. And here I was, a 26-year-old practicing lawyer, successful or not, was still to be determined. And here's an 18-year-old boy who has the audacity to thank me for coming to Israel for free and to support him in the time of need. He was protecting the Jewish world through his service. And I figured there is something not right in the way I was viewing my responsibility as, uh, as a Jew. And I made three commitments. I uh, committed, um, when I got back, I committed to, uh, to have Friday night dinner with my mom. My brother and I both worked on Bay Street, and at the time, Bay Street hours meant that Friday nights, uh, you go for drinks or a dinner at 7, you go back to your desk and work. Uh, and Friday nights um, after birthright was, for me, a time to take my brother and go have Shabbat dinner by my mom's, and that was important, and we did that. I also committed to uh, marry Jewishly, and I eventually did that as well. And the third commitment was to get involved in the Jewish community. I didn't know what that meant, but I wanted to find an outlet to get involved and participate in, uh, in the Jewish world. And one Saturday morning, I'm an avid reader of the Globe and Mail. There was an ad um, for director of the Bronfman Israel Experience Center in Montreal. And driven by a lot of passion and perhaps a little guilt for not serving in the Israeli army, I decided to apply for the job. And uh, they were looking for three qualities in the candidate. One was an intimate knowledge of the Montreal Jewish community. I had never been to Montreal outside of one uh, transaction in which I saw the inside of the uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth Hotel 
<laughs> and and a law firm, so I did not know the Montreal Jewish community. Two was someone who had uh, who was fluently bilingual at the time. I was Hebrew and English, uh, still working on the French, but they were looking for something different. And the third was uh, someone who had five years of working experience in the Jewish community. I had none of the qualities, but all the passion in the world to actually make a difference. And on June 11, 2002, I moved to Montreal uh, to take on my first role in the Jewish community. Um, and it's been a love story ever since. I, I am profoundly humble and privileged to work in the best Jewish community in the world. I say that from experience. Um, it is an extraordinary uh, job. One of this complex, one of this interesting, keeps me uh, awake many nights, uh, but all for good reason. And I know that every night when I go to, to bed, and thanks to many of you who are donors to Combined Jewish Appeal, I know that we're doing really great stuff for the Jewish world, whether here locally in Montreal, uh, in Israel, or whether you look at Ukraine or anywhere else in the world where we're impacting Jewish life. So on that note, I um, encourage you to continue listening. I promise that each uh, each month we will have some interesting topic to talk about. I hope that through this uh, new vehicle of discussion, we'll engage closer. I, I am open to discussion. I'm open to questions. And I hope that we will be able to interact with you, our Jewish community, um, more closely. So I am excited about what the future brings. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you about whether this is working. And I look forward to the next episode. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you so much for sharing your life story at ear. Really quite fascinating. And really, what a compelling story. Thank you. Each episode, we plan to give you a quick sampling of what's going on inside Federation CJA. We call this portion Mini-Fed. Today, we'll be speaking with Dana Rabin, Community Inclusion and Belonging Specialist, who will give us a glance at this month's lineup of programs for Jewish Disability and Inclusion Month. Hello, Dana. Welcome to the show. Hi, my name is Dana Rabin, and I'm the Specialist for Community Inclusion and Belonging at Federation CJA. I coordinate the Disability Inclusion Portfolio, and I work on many diverse projects that help convene organizations together to promote and support projects within disability inclusion and interfaith domains in our community. I wanted to share with you today one of these important projects, which is the annual JEDEM that takes place every February. JEDEM stands for Jewish Disability Awareness and Acceptance and Inclusion Month. Established in 2009, JEDEM is a unified effort amongst Jewish organizations and communities worldwide to raise awareness and foster inclusion of people with disabilities and those who love them. JEDEM is a call of action to each one of us and with our Jewish values honoring the gifts and strengths that we each have. In Montreal, Federation CJA has worked tirelessly for like the last four years to convene our impact partner organizations that maintain the focus throughout the year to raise awareness and create meaningful opportunities for all in the community around inclusion and acceptance. So, for the fifth year in a row, Federation has taken the lead in bringing organizations together for JADEM, and we're excited to have over 27 events happening throughout the month of February in our community. Activities range from an art vernissage to a special story time for kids and families to a fashion show and a hullabake. This year is full of many fun and meaningful opportunities. We're so excited and we hope to see you there. To register for any of these events, please check out our JEDEM calendar on JLive at 
federationcja.org slash inclusion. And check out our Instagram at federationcja for updates each week on all the amazing JEDEM events happening this month. We hope to see you there for another amazing and fun month. Thank you, Dana, and good luck with JEDEM 2023. This year, as we prepare to celebrate Israel's 75th birthday, we bring you a segment we call an Israel Moment with Federation CJA Special Emissary, Adi Varon. Shalom. I'm Adi Varon, and I'm the Jewish Agency for Israel Shlicha, Emissary at Federation CJA. I'm the Israel Engagement Director, and I'm overseeing the Shinshinim program. Shinshinim stands for the Hebrew letter Shin, Shnat Shirut, a year of service. The Shinshinim are high school graduates that postpone their army service in a year to come to volunteer at the Jewish community. Here in Montreal, we work at the Jewish day schools, CJIP students, youth organizations, synagogues, summer camps, and so much more by bringing Israel in informal education programs. This year, Israel celebrates its 75th Independence Day, and we are offering programs, events that you can be part of. Please stay tuned to learn more. Toda Adi, lehitraot. See you next time. It's time for questions from you, our listeners. At this point, each episode, we'll bring your questions about the Jewish community and Federation CJA services or comments to your ear for answers and insight. Send us your first name, where you're from, and your question to podcast at federationcja.org, and we'll try to answer them on the next episode. We want to hear from you. Three members of the RSJ Philanthropy Division, RSJ for Russian-speaking Jewish community, were recently in Barcelona, Spain. They've taken vacation time to volunteer and assist with Jewish-Ukrainian refugees displaced because of the war. Last year, Yaakov Galprin and Oksana Pasternak spent two weeks assisting with refugees in Warsaw, Poland. In fact, this is Oksana's third mission to Europe since the outbreak of the war to assist with Jewish refugees. We caught up with Oksana, the professional director of RSJ, along with her lay leader, RSJ president Michael Goldstein. Oksana and Michael, please introduce yourselves and tell our listeners why you are in Barcelona, what it's like for those fleeing the war, and how we are helping from here in Montreal. Hello, everyone. My name is Oksana Pasternak. I am director of the Russian-speaking Jewish Philanthropy Division at Federation CJ in Montreal. I'm uh, volunteering um, at Barcelona Jewish community, helping Ukrainian refugees. It's a mission uh, through Jewish federations of uh, uh, North America. Hello, uh, my name is Mikhail Goldstein, and I'm a president of RSJ Philanthropy in Montreal. Uh, in my uh, uh, my actual job is I'm working as a project manager in IT department at Jewish General Hospital, and I'm here with the uh, Oksana and Yakov uh, at Barcelona, like Oksana mentioned, in Spain. We are helping to the Ukrainian refugees Jews who are currently located in the in Barcelona and the surrounded area. Uh, the work um, in with Ukrainian uh, refugees, with Ukrainian Jews, uh, changed completely uh, from the beginning uh, of war last uh, February, and I see a different phase 
from what I experienced in uh, in Poland. Uh, these people for now, Ukrainian refugees, they need to to get uh, like different different help. It's they getting uh, help from Red Cross, from other non-government organizations, um, with the food, with uh, with accommodations, with financial support for their um, daily daily life. But they really missing community life. So Beit Shalom congregation Beit Shalom in Barcelona created kind of center for Ukrainian refugees to to help with their um, Jewish life, with their community life. And this is what they're working uh, for now, um, engaging different um, groups of people, different ages from uh, daycare to to women club, um, working with, with teens, celebrating Kabbalah Shabbat. And very important to mention that uh, Barcelona Jewish community very welcoming and warm community, and um, we experience we we see how well they receiving Ukrainian refugees, Ukrainian Jews. It's really very inspirational. Barcelona, they don't have a big uh, Jewish community. They, they currently they have about uh, two thousand uh, members of Jewish community in Barcelona uh, from different confession, Orthodox. Uh, uh, Beit Shalom, uh, Chabad, and, and else, and uh, we are estimating that we have about uh, 500 or 600 uh, Ukrainian uh, uh, Jewish people who came uh, to Barcelona the last 10 months. So it's a it's a, it's a big addition, and uh, we are trying to help them to organize their plans and uh, their life here. The, uh, they are missing their families who left behind husbands or parents couldn't uh, leave for many other reasons in Ukraine, but they're looking for future. They're looking forward for the future and uh, they're getting together. They're trying to support each other. Also, this is uh, how we, uh, we see here a local Jewish community trying try to help them as well to, to make sure that uh, they will feel supported from uh, all sides as much as possible. If it's just like a, a support with the Jewish life, like a Kabbalah Shabbat or stuff like that, or if it's some uh, legal uh, advice that the Jewish community provides for them. The, the future for those uh, Jewish people uh, right now, it's a bit unclear. It all depends, uh, I would say, about the situation in Ukraine. If the war will like will end soon, that's what we all hope. So then, I believe at least half of those refugees, if if not more than them, will come back uh, back to Ukraine. This is whatever they they, they desire. But uh, unfortunately, there is some places that uh, right now, uh, even if the war will end uh, like uh, right away, so those places are destroyed completely. And uh, those people, they still like uh, kind of looking with the fear in, into the future. And some of them are considering to to relocate to uh, Europe. Uh, and uh, Barcelona is, uh, sounds like a very interesting place for them. So they are looking how to integrate inside of the Spanish community, Catalonian community, and of course to learn uh, Spanish and uh, 
to be able to like kind of migrate inside of the local community. Um, I would add that m most of um, Ukrainian refugees, Ukrainians, they would like to to come to come back, but they most of them slowly uh, begin beginning to realize that it will be mostly impossible in the nearest future. We can't predict how it will look in uh, in next year or two years, but definitely uh, for now they will stay uh, here as. It's not easy for them psychologically, as Mike uh, uh, Michael mentioned, uh, but the, their life is now, it's here. So I am very proud to, to say that Montreal Jewish community um, became involved from very beginning of, um, of the war last year in February when war started, um, exploded, and um, Federation um, Federation CG uh, created emergency uh, relief fund uh, to to help Ukrainian Jews to support Ukrainian Jews, and um, our community raised a lot of money, enormous amount of money, and um, this support is very very valuable to uh, to Ukrainian refugees. But it's very inspirational for for me personally, uh, to see how strong these people are, how they supportive to, uh, in, to each other are. And I feel that my responsibility as Ukrainian Jew, who was born in Kyiv, I am fourth generation of Ukrainian Jews who was born in Kyiv, to help um, these people as much as they can. And it's a responsibility for every uh, for every Jew to support, to support our brothers, brothers and sisters abroad who need our help right now. Me also, I was uh, born at uh, Lvov, was uh, it's part of Ukraine, and for me, it definitely was no question that uh, as a president of Russian-speaking Jewish community, as of, as a person who born in Ukraine. Uh, I definitely want to give faith for my time, for my experience, and to volunteer and, and help those people. So it's uh, it's amazing to see how uh, those people uh, don't lose hope. They are coming, they're crying, they're laughing. Uh, when they share their stories, we we here also try to to bring their mood a bit up and. Uh, Definitely, it's something that experience that I will remember all my life. Also, I would um, I would say that uh, Jew Jewish Federations of North America doing incredible job sending volunteers um, across the Europe for different uh, destinations for different uh, for different communities, and we are absolutely grateful and proud to be a part of these missions. Thank you. Thank you, Oksana and Michael, and thank you for your work here at home and overseas. If you'd like to help out, you can visit federationcja.org and click on Donate, where you'll see how to support the Ukraine Emergency Relief Fund. And thank you. And finally, we'll close out today's episode with one more thing from your ear. Before we end the episode, 
I'm reflecting as we just uh, commemorated International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And the global fight against anti-Semitism is one that each of us and every Jewish community around the world is grappling with today. A couple of weeks ago, I got a very interesting letter in the mail. It came from uh, Miss, Mr. McPhail's grade 7 class in the St. Dominique Catholic Elementary School in Oakville, Ontario. The class had basically heard the story of a Holocaust survivor and was so touched by the idea of uh, combating anti-Semitism and, and really standing up for never again, and we cannot forget, we will never forget, we will remember that they decided to send a letter to a hundred influential Canadians describing what it meant to them to stand up and say never again. And they wrote, and I quote, last year we met with a Holocaust survivor, his name was Andy. We were deeply affected and pledged to do all we can to make never again a reality. I take a moment to recognize the importance of receiving such letter. Here in Montreal, we have an incredible Montreal Holocaust Center that welcomes over 7,000 students every year to visit and learn about what it means to, be, to say never again. Anti-Semitism, teaching about the Holocaust, is the mission of the Holocaust Center here in Montreal. And when I asked Daniel Amar whether he received such letters, he says he's got hundreds of them from high school students all over Quebec, Jews, non-Jews, who've all come to the Holocaust Center to learn about the atrocities of the Nazis and what it means for us to say never again. They asked me and the leaders that were on that list to basically tweet and tag uh, at Oakville GR7, uh, Oakville Grade 7, um, a picture of myself holding a sign never again. And I did. And I wanted to just take a minute to thank Mr. McPhail, the, the teacher, and his students. Sasha, Lucas, Theodora, Eric, Nathan, Federico, Ava, Jason, Claudia, Gabriela, Lucas E., Kane, Tessa, Sophia, Michael, Owen, Gabian, Alexandra, Jamie, Elena, Andrew, Sophia, Somer, and Elida, and say thank you for standing up against anti-Semitism. Thank you for making sure that when we say never again, it's never again. And to all the thousands of students in, in Quebec who are doing the same, thank you for what you're doing. And let's continue to make sure that when we say never again, it is never again. We will always remember. Thank you, Yair. And thank you to our guests, Dana, Adi, Oksana, and Michael. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed today's inaugural episode. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and give us a rating. And please share us with friends and family. Be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this so that you get the next episode directly in your inbox or your podcast queue. Our executive producer is Senior Director of Marketing and Strategic Communications, Nancy Brightman. Our technical producer is Daniel Moscovich. Jillian Zryan is our marketing consultant. Thanks as well to Nati Benami. I'm Glenn J. Nashin, the producer of the Federation CJA 360 podcast, the pulse of Montreal's Jewish community. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Federation CJA, the impact we have in the Montreal Jewish community, Israel and around the world, 
Visit us at federationcja.org on Facebook and on Instagram. Until next month, shalom.